Holy mama dry. We need some new X-Men. I'm sorry. What is mama dry? Mama dry. Mama dry. <laughs> you just going to keep saying it? Yes. Okay. We need some new X-Men, huh? Yep. Yep. I, I got to tell you, the reason I laughed out loud to myself earlier, Yeah. I was struck with the idea of just breaking out into a song because of Age of Apocalypse. Okay. So what stopped you? I didn't know all the lyrics and it didn't actually start with the lyric that I wanted it to. <laughs> and then I was like, do I scramble to write this? I was going to start sweet mama dry. Bop, bop, bop. Oh my goodness. I, what is, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to, re- I don't want to reveal too much of it. Cause then my, <laughs> uh, I will, I will record it after, after this. Oh, so, cause like there's just too much, the lyric, the, the lyric that I want to go to is just too revealing as to what the plot. Okay, I see. It would give too much away. Yeah, I don't want to give you the goods. I want you to experience the goods. Okay, well, I guess if you're lost like me, then welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. Bop, bop, bop. And hopefully today we're going to learn what mama dry means. technically no technically it's a concept that gets introduced in this run but will start into the run that is i don't want to throw you off too much with the mama dry okay well you've already done that it's just it's fun to say happened. mama dry okay well what the mama heck dry. are we talking mama about dry. today we my dear are talking about our final seminal moment oh the final seminal moment the is final, here it's time what is it we're tacking on an adjective and changing it up one last time. What adjective haven't we gotten to? We've done uncanny, mate. Is this astonishing? No. Amazing? Incredible? It was in the cold open. It was in the beginning. New X-Men. New. 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 Wah, wah. Okay. So is it like all new X-Men? Or no. Just new Just new X-Men. X-Men. Just new X-Men. Okay. So I'll tell you, and we're not starting at issue number one. I mean, technically, we're starting at issue number one of new X-Men, but it's a little complicated. It's a little bit more complicated than that. So in Wait, 2000- something X-Men is complicated? <laughs> jab, jab. <laughs> in 2001, adjectiveless X-Men, the title, mm-hmm. changes to new X-Men. Okay. But continues their legacy numbering. So they don't, uh-huh. they don't reset their numbering, which I think is odd because... Marvel loves number ones. They love giving you a new jumping on point. And this is very much so a, a jumping on point. There's some stuff that is not explained. and But you, you kind of get in on the ground floor of a new arc, a new creator, a new time. A new time. New, 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 new. So New X-Men number 114 is where we find our, our final seminal moment before House of X and Powers of Ten. This is in 2001. Grant Morrison starts writing. Okay. On the comic. A name I've heard. Oh. They are a very prolific writer. Hmm. And this run, I so this run, I collected this run. Mm-hmm. This was at the height of me riding my bike to the comic book shop. Oh. This was... The peak of comics for Justin. Yeah, probably. Young Justin. Young Justin. It was, it was this. It was Ultimate X-Men. It was... Probably Extreme X-Men. When did that come out? Hold on. Fact check. 
Boop, 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 boop. Computer fact check noises. Bloop, yeah. Bloop, 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 bloop. What is, yeah. I was talking to someone the other day about the fact that Extreme X-Men may have gotten overshadowed because of the hype around new X-Men and Grant Morrison. You, know, you had Ultimate X-Men coming out, Extreme X-Men, new X-Men, all around basically the same time. Which was when? Give me a year, Mr. 2000, Researcher. 2001. I said that. 2001. I? Well, I must have missed it during my beep, boop, bop, beeps. Beep, boop, bop. Okay, so when do I get to see the issue? Reveal it. Oh, new X-Men. Kind of very much gives me pre-Cohen language vibes. Yeah, right? With the the way the E is. The way the E is. That is the Cohen E, isn't it? Similar to, yeah, actually. Let's look that up. Let's look that up, too. Beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. Google machine, boop, pop, beep, pop. No, I have that saved on my desktop. Desktop files. Beep. That's a different noise. That's like a... Desktop files. So yeah, it's the E just has a dot below it and a dot above it. Yeah, so it's basically the E. Look at that. So Jonathan Hickman has... Everything's related in my mind. Hickman has said that New X-Men is one of his favorite runs that okay. he has really enjoyed. And and it's really... It's, it's a big conceptual... We really only will get some of the ideas that are introduced here. Okay. But this is... Because of our tour through seminal moments, the last, the last, last stop. one. Ooh. All right, give it to me. Give me it. Taking it out of the plastic. This noise is not artificial. Beep, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> this is not technology. This is paper. What does this say? E is for extinction. One of three. E is for extinction. I remember you talking about this because I was like, that sounds like a Sesame Street episode. It does. Cookie, cookie. <laughs> My yes. Okay, so new X Men, however, who I um see on this cover those are, are not old. new X Men. Those I are all old X Men. Storm, Cyclops. You do not see Storm. That's not Storm. That is not Storm. I'm sorry. I kind of guess how you would say that because of the white hair, but that is not Storm. Who is that? Emma Frost. Okay, it's Emma. I see now her skin. What you can kind of see of her shadowy face skin is not the right color to be a um, storm. Right. Because everybody else is, they're having, they have shadows as they're walking through. Yes. Okay. So that's Emma, Cyclops. I'm assuming that's Jean. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming Beast looks like a cat. Oh, yeah. Wolverine and then Professor X. Oh, yeah. And I I love this cover. I don't know how you feel about this cover. I, I like that you are pulling out those details, the the ease and the... I feel like it's just got this movie poster vibe to it. I mean, it's interesting, like, okay, right off the bat looking at it, Emma is wearing a costume that is similar to the others, but Cyclops, Jean, and Beast have a very specific uniform vibe going on. Mm-hmm. Wolverine's got his own jacket, but he does have a matching belt with Jean and Scott. And then Emma... Her top is a jacket, but it's tighter and it's white, but it also has an X on it. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. I mean, they all kind of give me like nightmare vibes because they're so long and skinny and tall Slender. and like kind of feel like Jack Skellington could join this group. Ooh. So this, I'll tell you, this yellow accented leather jackets, mm-hmm. this is one year after X-Men the movie came out. Oh, right, and, so that, and this is like what they kind of looked like in the movie. Still a little bit more comic styled mm-hmm. with the the yellow and the uniform and, and a little bit of individuality. Kind of, but not really. Yeah. Not really for Scott, Gene, and, and 
Hank if we're using firsties. We can still use firsties. So this was this was released in May of 2001. It says July, but that yeah, is Yeah, I was lie. like, this says July 2001. So that's the, the publication date versus the, the date on the cover. Gotcha. And that's 20 years ago. This came out 20 years ago. Blech. And that's just the whole publication date versus that, that's something we don't need to get into right now. Okay. Can I page turn noise yet? Sure. Let's get into new X-Men page turn noise. I love this page. This sentinel has no head, no hands. And just the attitudes between these two characters as Cyclops, he's like, you know, you can probably stop doing that now. Yeah, but he's saying that as he's continuing to shoot it with, it's like the sentinel is decapitated. Cyclops is still shooting his beam into the sentinel's head. And Wolverine is just scratching at the sentinel's back. And he's like, you could probably stop doing that. Well, so can you, Scott. Yeah, he's just Mr. Rational Buzzkill that wants to control what everybody's doing. And who is this person crying underneath the sentinel? We'll find out. Oh, we'll find out. But on the next page. No, not on the next page. <laughs> Oh, 30,000 years earlier. Yeah. Wow. This is how it happened the last time, as we see from a little speech bubble in the distance. What we're watching is Homo sapiens slaughtering the Neanderthals. You know, I know we've had this conversation about how I now take everything that I see in the current comics and try to... Like when we're going through these older comics and I'm like, this is related to this or whatever. But you said that this was Hickman's favorite run. One of. One yeah. of. Okay. And so we already had the E that looks like the Krakoan E. And I'm assuming this man who looks like he is on safari is Charles Xavier. No. No. Or is that a lady? I understand what you're saying in the fact that this person looks like. Hoxbox Charles. Hoxbox Charles on Krakoa. Yeah. But that is not. But just let Justin explain it to you, Alicia. Okay, so they're looking at Neanderthals. What do you say? Destroy each other? The Homo sapiens slaughtering the Neanderthals. Ah, because they are now the next phase of evolution. Yep. And you have our safari guide in the background and a squirming businessman. Does it have to be so real? They're biting pieces off. And our guide tells Mr. Trask that, that history is repeating itself as we speak. There is a faster, more aggressive race in our mists, eager to inherit the earth we stand upon. Oh, no. Humans will be extinct in four generations unless <gasps> we fight back. Unless we fight back. But, Miss Nova, I'm only a dentist. Mm. Mr. Trask, you're only a dentist. Mr. Trask and Miss Nova, the only names that we get for these two characters this issue. I mean, Trask is a name I've heard. Nova, right? I'm not so sure about. No, I don't think you have. Oh, look at this fancy intro i really do like this title page too it's cool i like that it's like okay we're gonna show scott's eyes kind of we're gonna start show gene's eyes we're gonna show emma's lips we're gonna show hank's eyes we're gonna show logan's claws and then i don't know who this is i'm betting that's charles yeah i would assume as we can assume it looks kind of like a movie where you're you're cutting into these close-ups you mm -hmm. have these, you know, like an opening sequence. I do want to call out the fact that the only one that is kind of ridiculous, I love I love these designs of these panels. Mm -hmm. The only one that's kind of ridiculous is how long Wolverine's claws are. That they come out of the thing like that? Yeah. Because if you think about how right, how long his forearm 
has to be mm-hmm. to house those claws <laughs> and how he's a short man. Suspend your disbelief, babe. So we have our creative team, Grant Morrison as the writer, Frank Quietly as the penciler, Tim Townsend as inker, Comic Craft as the letterer, Haberlin as colorist, and Pete Franco, Mark Powers, and Joe Casada as our editorial team. Here we go. The Xavier Institute for Higher Learning. Beast is a cat. Yeah, what's this He's about? He's a cat man. What is this about? Well, this is the first real appearance of secondary mutations. And this is a concept that gets introduced and furthered in this run. Oh. So secondary mutations. He's experiencing something that it's actually not even really talked about in this page. What they're talking about right now, well, he does, he does mention his brutish paws. And I take full responsibility if your earlobes are torn to, fin- uh, to fringes by razor sharp plastic. Otherwise, Cerebra is ready to rumble. Oh, we've talked about this before. When did we talk about Cerebra? It was like something, wasn't Gene using it? And I was like, why does it have to be called, or Emma? And I was like, it's called Cerebra because the girl's using it. Yeah, but that was wrong. And you were like, no, that was hurtful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that was wrong. Well, uh, yeah. I know, I'm just recalling hearing things. But look at Charles's helmet. Yeah, that looks like the Hoxpox helmet, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So Cerebra, similar to the concept of secondary mutation, Cerebra is an upgrade of Cerebro. Essentially, Cerebro to the 10th power. Are you kidding me with this? Stop reading too much into it. No, no, no. no. Don't you dare. Don't you say things to me like Cerebro to the 10th power and give me a little schmirky look and then say stop reading too much into things when powers of X-Men, powers of 10 is literally... X to the 10th power. Interesting to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting <You're> to shift. <laughs> but actually, no, that is my next note. Interesting to think about this in relation to the helmet Xavier wears now. And yeah. just how it looks very similar to that. Mm-hmm. It's not exact, but... Pretty in, close. Pretty close, yeah. We get our little in-text context drop, right? Cerebro, what's that? Imagine Cerebro's big sister. She can boost the professor's mutant locating abilities to global range. And Beast also talks a little bit more about his newly mutated form. I suspect my latest Beast form is connected to this year's mutant baby boom. So we're not sure exactly what's causing it, but he and we'll find some others are experiencing a secondary mutation. So this is like, they're just saying he used to look like a different kind of Beast and now he looks like a cat. Yep. Because secondary mutations. Yep. I mean, he's he's evolved in the sense that his bestial nature has shifted and changed and grown over the years. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at those Professor X eyes looking out on the fishbowl of the world. Yeah, this worldwide mutant GPS. Just kind of seeing a bird's eye view of all the mutants on Earth. And as they're doing this, Hank sees in that middle panel a spike in Ecuador. A spike of what? So each, each light represents a mutant's energy. Mm-hmm. So like a extremely powerful, may you say, an Omega level mutant? Potentially. That might be something that you could infer. You could assume. <laughs> yes. Okay, great. So who Scott, is it? We don't know yet. Scott and Logan should stop by on their way home. They're coming back from Australia. Oh, just make a quick pit stop. We're in the X-Wing talking with Ugly John. That's not his name. That is my mate. His name's Steve. Oh. My mates mostly call me Ugly John. 
X-Men. He's he's blown away that these are X-Men. Why? He has three faces. He has three faces. How he is does. he blown away? I don't understand. This is <laughs> like is he he's also a mutant, yes? Yes. Okay, so he's just like fanboying that they're X-Men, not like you're a mutant. Right, I'm right, like, right. He has three faces. Right. And this this whole back and forth between Cyclops and Wolverine, no smoking, please, Wolverine. He is not actually I think he actually is smoking in the sense that he, he seems to exterminate something in his neck, but he is just smoking because his flesh was recently on fire from the Sentinel attack. Yikes. So at this point, Sentinels are decommissioned, so there are only so many left. And they're talking about the battle and where it might have come from, where this where this robot, where this Sentinel had come from. Rogue machines left over from the big mutant witch hunts a few months back. Uh-oh. Professor X wants to talk to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prepare your forebrain for incoming. Your forebrain? And John passes out because Wolverine thinks it's about his, his the smell of cooking skin. But yeah, Xavier's counter, contacting them using Cerebra. Interesting, the, the bubbling on the last page, kind of reminiscent of the visualization that we were getting in the pages before mm. when he was in Cerebra. Okay, now we have bloody face and these people with their interesting goggles and this guy's puking what's happening here they were watching a simulation of history ah so virtual reality miss nova is trying to convince mr trask imagine the day when the leering freaks and the mutations come kicking down your door to bash your daughter's brains in evolution takes no prisoners oof your uncle bolivar built the first of the old sentinels is that right oh The Philadelphia Trasks, controversial creators of android weapons systems designed to identify and terminate mutant X-gene carriers. Yikes. I mean, if I was this guy and I was watching a virtual reality thing while traveling sideways on a helicopter, I would definitely vomit also. Yeah. I'm just saying, motion sickness is real. I could not... I would, when I was a kid playing Game Boy in the car on no. road trips, Puke City. I would have to, I'd play for as long as I could until I'd start to get nauseous and then I'd stop and I'd look out the window <laughs> and then I'd play for some more and then I'd stop and I'd look out the window. Maybe I'd have to save or stop just to conserve battery, but that was a, a very intentional effort. Oh. So Mr. Trask is saying, you know, what do I know about Sentinels? I'm just a dentist. Secretly, there's a hidden master mold that yes. has been built with no one aware of it. <gasps> its AI was precision engineered to adapt to its environment, programmed to build wild sentinels. Wild sentinels. Using any and all technology with the te- within the test radius. And then it was just forgotten. And he's like, where did this happen? Oh, have a guess, Mr. Trask. Don't make me point to it. Are you kidding me, dude? Like, you can't see it? You know, he's coming out from behind the trees. And he's scared. He's overwhelmed. He's just a dentist. He's just, I'm just a dentist. I'm just a dentist. Okay, and now we are clearly back inside Cerebra. Yeah, we're having a mental meeting. A mental meeting. Charles is talking about the new generation of mutants that are emerging. And they also have this point about talking about new school uniforms. Oh. Wolverine makes the point of, I don't have to look like an idiot in broad daylight. Logan came to the X-Men wearing that uniform and updated it himself. So I just feel like that's odd. But they are they are addressing here why they're dressed this way or why they were dressed like superheroes. That you know the professor thought people would trust the X-Men if we looked like something they understood. Oh, well, that's interesting. Now, this is slowly 
getting into the fact that, you know, there's a new school term. This is going to be more of a, a school mm-hmm. instead of just a base of operations for the X-Men, that they are actually enrolling a class of students. So similar to the movies where there was like a full on school and mm-hmm. the X-Men, the senior X-Men were teachers. Yes. We got our got our boys back on their mission as they unprepare their frontal lobe. <laughs> They're checking it out. The new term starts on Monday. Wolverine calls out Cyclops' discomfort in the room. Couldn't couldn't wait to get out of the bald head, could you, Slim? What? Are you insinuating something? I don't insinuate. I call it like I see it. How exactly do you see it, Logan? There's been some stuff that's gone on with Cyclops that I don't know if we'll necessarily get into it. He <laughs> he was merged with Apocalypse for a while. What? Yep. So they were sharing one body. And what? yeah, it was a whole thing. It followed the the 12 storyline where Apocalypse collected the 12 strongest mutants of the world and was going to siphon all their powers off and take on a new host body, Nate Gray's host body, X-Men, which was like kind of a secret hidden part. As he was doing this, Cyclops jumped into the way and- To save his son. Yep, yep. And so Apocalypse merged into his body. So that kind of took Scott to a really dark place. And we'll see the ramifications of that throughout this run and how that's affecting not only him, but his relationship with Gene. Oh, no. Logan, swoop in while you can. Basically, we have work to do in Ecuador. Back in the mansion, the Institute, Henry McCoy's clinic, you know, even even Beast is calling out trouble in paradise between Scott and Gene. Mm-mm. Over here flexing his real fake doctorates. Apparently, he's got like six PhDs. I was looking into this. Just where does it say where he got his his bioengineering and all these different mm-hmm. specialties? They Do don't you have re- any answers no, for Dayspring? Really, because he's this they don't really they don't really lifelong say. quest. Yeah, they don't really say. It's just he's been doing postgraduate work at various times, not actually in an institution. Oh, just he's free. He's a freelancer. He's a freelance freelance scientist. student. Yeah, <laughs> a special project. And they're, they're looking through this, a lot of new technology all around. And Gene's asking, you know, how much is this upgrade costing? All the X-Wing aircraft and the sparkling technology. The professor seems very motivated again. Do you think, like, manic motivated? Oh. You know how people can be when they've survived a lot of pain and tragedy, Gene. He's trying to remind himself what it was all for. There's something specific that I just, like, I can't place it. But that this this version of Beast reminds me of, especially when he's doing this creepy little smile right here. Yeah. And it's really going to drive me bonkers because I don't know what it is. That that smile kind of looks like Thanos with the turn and grin. No, it's like a cart- it's like a cartoon. Like, I'm I don't know what it is, but I do like the art in this. Frank quietly gets a lot of mixed reviews, mixed reactions. I like the the storytelling of the art specifically. Yeah, I mean, I like the composition. Yes, but I don't necessarily the faces. Not, I'm not necessarily drawn to the way the characters themselves look. I would agree with that. But you know, the that, composition is really nice. The composition and the the visual storytelling, as you're you're kind of very cinematically brought in and out of these environments. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really where it stands out. Yes, I would agree. So Gene has to go back to Cerebra. She's having kind of like a, an embarrassing psychic moment where she kind of loses herself. I just felt something odd. It's fine. I think I must have left something important in Cerebra. You go on, Hank. Uh-oh. Oh, no, Charles. You're not having a good time. No. 
Xavier is under attack while in Cerebra. <gasps> under it, attack. It, it led me right to where you are. Uh-oh. What a special big new toy for a crippled little boy. <gasps> it's almost like Rude. being able to get up and about. Who, Who uh, is he, this? He's, he's thrown off. Like someone's attacking his brain through. I am what's eating your mind. Relax and be replaced. <gasps> I'll be you now and make you a murderer, Charles. Oh my God, I can't stop reading. The first and oldest and the last enemy. The terror and the hate you thought would never return. Charles's big, ugly secret. The nightmare on the dark side of your dream. Surrender, Charles. Who is it? Who is it? And look, at, he pulls a gun from inside his jacket. No, no, no. I'll no. say this only once. No, 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 no. Get out of my head or I'll fire. Oh, geez. And we get our first shot of someone actually speaking versus speaking to his mind. You would too, wouldn't you? Well, this is only how it starts. Are you very afraid now? Uh-oh. Who's that chin? It looks like a magneto chin. No, it's but not. It can't be a magneto chin. No. Gene comes. Magneto can't get inside your brain. Gene comes right, right in time. He's got a gun to his head talking to our mystery mind. Your thoughts are bleeding, torn. Charles, Henry was right. Warn them. Gene, warn everyone. It's in Ecuador. Uh-oh. <gasps> I feel like the pages of this are getting thin at the end, and I'm not going to get the answers I want. Uh-oh. Oh, we're back in the jungle we're with back the in master mold. Oh, <gasps> Miss Nova wasn't listening. Wait a minute. They're in Ecuador. Was that revealed earlier, or did yes. you just give me that little? I don't know if they actually told you. Let's see. Let's. Uh, I can look it up. Beep boop boop beep. <laughs> they don't. They don't actually say until they don't say that this is in Ecuador. But yes, I did reveal that. Spoiler alert! They're in Ecuador. Okay. Well, still interesting. Miles away, as Trask is seemingly getting pissed, he's been lied to and brought on this trip. Imagine self-made sentinels using spare parts to evolve themselves into more effective forms. Mm. I love. I love the concept of wild sentinels. Wild sentinels. We see this lineup of what look like mummified army men. But they also like kind of look like their costumes have X's on them. I know they don't, but tell me that they, in this shot where they're, it's like the yeah, wide that, shot. That third one, yep. And then you can see that next page as the sheer destruction and violence all around. Look oh at these sentinels. They are ridiculous. That, that third panel where he's got like handguns and a spotlight coming out of his butt. <laughs> he's kind of cute. Yeah, they they remind me of those little acid dinosaurs with the frilly. Yes, Dilophosaurus. I was gonna say that. Yeah, I had to like take a moment to compose myself to make sure I said brain process correct. So he's freaking. Trask is freaking out. Stop them! Shout! Stop them! And on the next page, look at all these this blood. Look at all these bodies. Yeah, who are they killing? All those people that were lined up. That was just an example of what they could do. Uh, excuse me we just use these people as an as i don't like, think that they were actually people i don't know what they were i don't know that it was revealed okay vocal identification trask prime command protocol search online running protocols preserve trask dna these are cool looking little sentinels preserve trask dna <gasps> that must be your famous charm and captivating wit running down into your shoes hmm. <laughs> i love miss nova you peed your pants is what she's saying. Yes. She took her hat off. They'll do anything you say, Mr. Trask. 
such a cool reveal as she takes yeah, she takes that hat off. So lower that once commanding voice of yours a few octaves. Mm. Oh. Forget your dental practice, Mr. Trask. Your future lies in genocide. Oh, look at this one that's like all wheels and yeah. like sp- this like spine with like spider arms on the back. That's dope. Continued. That's the end of the issue. So I'm not getting any answers. This What'd is an outrage. What'd this is I <laughs> blasphemy. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out on this. What did you think? This is a no for me, Doug. It's a no for me, Doug. <laughs> what did you I... think about this issue? It, babe, if, if you were Justin at the height of comic collecting and you rode your bike to the comic shop, you might have gotten one issue of these and then you would have to wait a month to figure out what happened next. Well, I would be very upset. Well, just react to what's in front of you because you wouldn't be that upset because ideally you would know that that's how comics work. <laughs> they are monthly installments. Ideally. Okay. I I like it. I like the... Like I said, the art, the composition of the art, I really enjoyed. The back and forth storytelling, peeling away the layers, slow reveal, good stuff. Uh, It's definitely a good starting point where it leaves a lot of questions, you know, like what's what's Miss Nova's connection to these things? And is Miss Nova a mutant or no? So like... Who's the mutant that's using this crazy brain? Or is it Miss Nova? I'm really like scanning your face for reactions. Um, so so clearly like there's a there's a telepathic mutant who's evil who is in this same place as all of these sentinels. Or maybe that's not true, but it seems like it's true. And so how's that going to connect? And what's going to happen when Wolverine and Cyclops appear at this when place? When they get to Ecuador, just the two yeah. of them. And there's all these crazy wild sentinels. Wild sentinels. And, you know, like what exactly is Beast working on in that lab with all those little what looked like blood, blood cells. cells flying Magnified. around? And- it was uh, That was a point that he does talk about. It's like microscopic, like expanded vision. So he's able to see ah. at, a, at a cellular level a lot more. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it it has a lot of cliffhangers. It was pretty fast paced and still gave me a lot of information. I, you know, recognize the characters and their relationships and their attitudes. Are you interested? Are you excited? Are you like... Clearly the level of upset that I don't know the rest of the story proves that I am interested. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Great. (laughs) I love... Yes, I'm interested. You know, this, this was... I was raised on Claremont in the sense that, you know, I read a lot of the back issues. I did collect through various ways, the nineties, mid nineties, but this was me. You know, I had money. I had a job. I was going and buying my own books. This is your Hawks box. Yeah, probably. Your Dawn of X. Even though, let's be honest, I haven't purchased a single Dawn of X book myself because you've bought them for me as gifts. Mm -hmm. But this was your like, Right, because Claremont, well, I guess like... Well, Claremont wrote Extreme X-Men too. So that right, was, so you were still I'm, getting... I'm talking about like the Claremont issues that I was reading were all like the old back issues that yeah. I would read with my uncle. Right. And the really the first arc that I remember was the Fatal Attractions arc. And that's, you know, mid-90s, early 90s. That's when Magneto rips the adamantium <laughs> off of Wolverine. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there someday. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I think this is interesting. I, you know, this says one of three, so like, it'd be pretty cool if we could do parts two and three, but 
Oh my God, he's picking up comics. Look at him go. All right, so I thought about this. Yes. It's three issues. We okay. can divide this into two episodes. Okay. So we can do the first half of the second issue right now. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Does that work? It works. <laughs> you just want it. I love it. I love it. You're hooked. Give it to me. Give me. Oh, oh, oh. issue number two. Look at Wolverine with his little I'll, I'll tell claw you, twinkle in his eye. I, yeah, this cover is really cool. I, I'll tell you, I was reading through these a couple of weeks ago, trying to get ready to do notes for this. Mm-hmm. And I just, I gave up on actually doing notes and I just read. You just read it. And I read probably like 20 issues just straight through. I just kept on reading. Oh my. I mean, I've read them all before. I Let read them all when they were coming out. Open but. this real quick. Beep, real boop, sound, boop, boop, real boop. sound effects. You hear that plastic opening? And we're going to slide it out. Yeah, that close-up detail of Wolverine with the glint in his eye from his, his claw. His twinkle in his eye. Okay. We get a second page turn noise in one episode. Ready? Yes. Part two of three. Sweet mama. <laughs> I, stop it, because I don't know what that means. Okay, so. We are in the belly of the beast. Inside the master mold? Yes. Point blank, just out with it. Plans to exterminate 15 million people? They're, They're not, not people, people Mr. Mr. Trask. They're dirty, stinking mutants. So I feel like there's there's time there's a time jump since the end of our last issue because he's so cavalier about it. Like you know, before he was not. He was very he was, flustered. He was puking in a in a helmet. You know, he mm-hmm. was not having any of this. But now he's like, you you want me to kill fifteen million people? Yikes! Not people, Mister Trask. Ooh, look at this title page. Yeah, again, another interesting visualization of a title page. It's funny because now I can see Emma yeah. in her full and that's costume, and that is not a jacket. She does have a jacket, but no, that is more. That is that X is actually formed by her skin and her boobies. Yes, excellent. I mean, listen, I love Emma, and I love all of her outfits. But tell me, what is the purpose of a collar that is not attached to anything? Fat like, John. Fat John. Yes. Okay. So we get that same idea of the the cinematic compositioning right this establishing shot on the top and then the close-up inside the x-wing and it is cool like i really like this layout so the top panel that goes all the way across both pages that's a scene still happening with trask and nova and then we get in the center panel the title sequence with like each of the characters kind of like laid out across and we get the title and who the characters are which also this kind of also reminds me of dawn of x where at the beginning of every issue when they get to the title page they mm-hmm. have the little squares that tell you which yep, yep, yep. Um, Who's characters in are in the issue do and you then, see do you see in that top panel what's launching from sentinels yeah that's where they came from and then we get back in the jet with the three-faced dude and logan and scott oh this ugly john Stop calling him that. It makes That's me his sad. Name. That's no, his name. his name is something else you said. Steve. Steve. But they don't call him that. Go back to sleep, Ugly John. <laughs> we like you better that. Did something just hit us? It's, it's a, a sentinel. sentinel. Uh-oh. Oh, because is this the... That's Yeah, so that's the jet that they then punch in. Oh, no. So they're on... And even on the that top panel, it says... And here come some of them now. They're coming. And they're aware They're aware of the fact that the X-Men are coming. How do they know? 
That thing, it looks like a sentinel master mold factory. Uh Uh-oh. And they notice these new types of robots climbing onto the jet. A nest of them. I I love the concept of wild sentinels. Their visual designs are just so cool. And the concept is terrifying. Yeah. This idea that mixed parts, they just, they just find parts and they build out of those parts. They look like little bugs. Yeah. Steve is really upset. Yeah. Get ready for a bumpy landing. Shut up and strap yourself in. Engine three is out. Uh Oh, crash landing about to happen right at the base of the master mold. And this, this page right here, that's, that's where I think Frank Wiley's art really shines where you have this just slow zoom in. Yeah. And then a, big zoom out to see the impact and mm-hmm. where it is in perspective. Yeah. That is pretty awesome. It gets it I just it gets a bad rap from a lot of people, but I just I love their, I think it's just for the character designs. It's the character designs, yes. Because it it looks very off from how you know the characters to look. Yeah. Like even Wolverine to me is like I don't know, he's kind of off. But like I do think, like I said, the composition is really cool. Like the layouts are great. Mm-hmm. The colors are nice. It's just the, specifically the character designs that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. Wolverine is always just ribbing Cyclops. Cyclops is always just Mr. Serious. This, uh, you know what I admire most about you, Summers? Your icy, calm lunacy under pressure. Call me Cyclops during missions, Wolverine. It keeps <laughs> things straight. Oh, my God. Call this a mission? All I know is we can't let them turn X-Wing 8 technology into spare parts. Scott Summers, Cyclops, voice key for auto-destruct. Logan? I'm sorry, Scott. Please change your your voice key to say Cyclops only because this is a mission and we don't use firsties and real people names. Yeah, well, we got to use both. No, 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 no. You don't do, then don't yell at Logan. <laughs> it's funny that they're like back to back in those panels. Yeah. And he's going to give them a big stink about it. So they, they're going to blow up the jet because they see that these are built out of spare parts and they're going to tear apart this jet and to use it some more. to use more sentinels out of their That's a pretty good observation just looking at them and going oh, they must be spare parts yeah. like maybe they know. yeah I, I would agree come with on. that come suspend on. your disbelief <laughs> this this page is probably the height of the the beautiful visual storytelling this they pop out popping out Wolverine's punching this adorable little Sentinel man. Death machine monster. They're so cute though. Like why are they so cute? <laughs> they just like give me like Star Wars droid vibes. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I love droids. This parachuting panel. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. With the eye visor light. Lit up. And then this little side panel where like the parachutes are landing. Yeah. You ever see a sentinel look anything like this? Nothing much here. Old cans, scrap and salvage, and some electronics. It's it's literally just built out of nothing. Just anything that it can find, just wired with electronics to That's then crazy. Like, kill Where is it hand- finding it in the middle of the jungle? I don't know. <laughs> just asking. Could be broken down from other, you know, there, there might have been scientists and, and employees at this facility at some point. Mm-hmm. Steve says, oh, I'm going to keep calling him Steve. Good. That's fine. His name's Ugly John. Stop it. Oh, they're coming. Attack. This this issue in general is much lighter on the dialogue, I feel like. And especially this first half. Yeah. When I, when I was dividing them up for the two episodes, I was like, oh, man, maybe I should go a little bit further than halfway. No, it's still good, though. Yeah. Action shots. Yeah. 
get down. I just feel like the reason why that works is because we spent a lot of time setting up the concepts in the first issue of this mm-hmm. three issue arc. And now we're just kind of playing in the world. Right. And Wolverine kid, any mutant talents we can use? I got three faces, mate. And they all look like pigs. <laughs> like, oh my God. So like, what does that do? So he doesn't have any powers. He he's just, just is he's just a physically, physically mutated. mutated. Does that count as get him out? Logan. Oh, he, I can handle this. Can you though? Cause it looks like he just got exploded. Yeah. And his visor shattered. <gasps> Uh oh. That's not good. Well handled. Stay right where you are, Ugly John. I'll try talking him down. I oh, just love this. Just slicing through. Oof. But, but they're captured. Mutant specimen located and contained. Uh oh. That's our halfway. That's our halfway? That's our halfway. Dagnabbit. Good thing I have this corn gone wrong ad. Corn to nuts. Stop me. Stop me. I corn to, nuts. There's so Put many of those ads. Corn on the cobs riding these motorcycles. There's so many That's of those. nostalgia There's for so you. many of those ads in comic books when I was a kid. I never once was inspired to try them. Corn nuts? Corn nuts. Cornnuts.com. All right. So what do you think? You get a little bit more? Are you, are you, no, that are you did good? not give me any more information. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? It was like, hey, they're going to the island. And guess what? They went to the island and they got their butts kicked and they got captured. But I, no, nothing else was revealed to me. Except 15 million. For Yes, you're right. Genocide, and now he's except, on board. Except for the idea of genocide, that is kind of a big deal. It is a very big deal. Like, and just think of 15 million. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's, that's Genosha's style right, execution. That's, that's insane. That's more than like actual. Well, yes, that's in, that's horrific. Right. It's just, and it also thinking about, you know, the idea that there have, how many mutants are there supposed to be in the world? Right. That just I feel like that takes it to a much larger level. Right. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know that the what's the word I want to use? Like a common story thread in X-Men comics is this idea that humans want to get rid of mutants Mm -hmm. in some way. But in still talking to how this ties into like House of X and Powers of Ten, like this is their way of, you know, taking it to the next level to be the ones who wipe out the mutants and not the mutants who wipe out them. Yeah. Right? Especially when driven by Miss Nova and her information about you know, will be extinct in four decades or and four, four generations. And that is something that comes up in, yeah. in, in House of X and Powers of Ten. They talk about that, right? Like. Yep. And it maybe it's because th- that's how I, all of it is a blur to me at some points. But like I remember us talking about E is for Extinction at some point. And I also remember maybe it was a data page that was talking about the information. Look what that, they've done. Who is the scientist in House of X, Powers of Ten? The girl who's like trying at the end. She has like the thing and she's trying to bring her husband back or whatever. Oh, yeah. Gregor. In, in they talk about that. They talk about her research and the proof of Cro Magnum era. Yeah, and the the like amount of time that they think they have until the mutants will cause extinction versus the reality of how much time there actually is. Yep. So that's an interesting connection. I mean that that's really what I love about new stories in X Men continuity is that you can see it threaded through other things Mm -hmm. to take the whole of continuity, mix it together and tell something new out of that, but still give some decent reference 
to what happened before it. Yeah. I feel like that just helps embed it into that world. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's an honest question, okay? Are we going to please record the second half of this, like, now? Or do I actually have to wait? <laughs> uh, I mean, we can. Maybe eat something first. <laughs> I'm just like, this, like, you know that I don't, this feels like. I don't know what we're going to do when when we start talking about, like, weekly comics and you there is no next. Well, you know, then you gotta... I have to wait, you know, then I have to wait. And then I'm just like everybody else. So now it's but... just, it's because I'm enforcing this wait time. Yes. And also because you know that I don't like to stop reading books in the middle of a chapter. And this feels like I'm stopping that, reading in the that's middle of the chapter. End, no, that's the end of that chapter. Technically, the next page has nothing to do with Ecuador. All right, fine. But we can do the second half today. Yes, please. Okay. So... Until next time, old friend. But it's really going to be this time, Charles. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>